Thank you for listening to Absolutely Not, a live podcast series sponsored by Good Fair. Good Fair is a unique online thrift store experience that encourages people to go beyond shopping secondhand and become full-fledged conscious consumers. You can save the world and have fun doing it with their pre-loved clothing bundles. Just text G-O-O-D-F-A-I-R to 88619 to receive your special offer code for 30% off. Then let your thrifting begin. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Absolutely Not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. I am a people consultant and career coach who is dedicated to providing examples of setting personal boundaries at work and the vocabulary needed to name harm in those spaces. That vocabulary includes words like harm, gaslighting, and traumatic. These words and their definitions can be found on my resources page of my website. So feel free, feel free to check it out and learn more about the words we use on this show. Today's episode is titled, Back the Fuck Up, right? Oh, soak it in, prepare, because the realness is coming. And that realness comes from my special guest today, Patricia Figueroa. Patricia is a former Fortune 500 recruiter, Dow Jones and Bank of America, who currently owns a career coaching and resume writing business, The Career Glow Up. Patricia provides personalized intensive career coaching services, as well as professional documentation and personal branding. She wants her clients to live their dream, not dream their life. Ooh, that's the glow up. Thank you so much for yeah. being here today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so very excited. Can we please get into the title of today's episode, Back the Fuck Up? Where did that come from? Yeah, you know, I was trying to think of a title, right? When you emailed me and um, I guess to put it simply, like I've had my boundaries, um, I guess violated, I can't think of another word so many times that I wish I had said back, no, the fuck up, I guess I'll just say it, right? Um, so yeah, it was just something that immediately came to my mind and I'm like, let me run with it because I didn't feel like you would care about the person. I'm like, I could always change it to TF, whatever. And you were like, cool, so I'm like, cool. So <laughs> that's what came to mind though, right? It's like, sometimes you do have to kind of be that hard about it, right? Um, and I, I at, at that point in my work, life, corporate America, I never was, right? So mm -hmm. it's just something that popped into my mind um, when you reached out and wanted to know the episode title. Oh, I love that you've shared that with us today. And I also, I mean, I don't love it, but I like that you use the word violated it, because it, it causes a sense of emotion in me. Have your boundaries been violated at work? Could you talk about a time that that's happened? Yeah, they, they have been. And I know for some people, it is a really strong word, right? But for me, I feel like it fits because, um, I mean, I can tell you that uh, one of the vice presidents that I recruited for at my last recruiting job just constantly treated me like crap. I didn't know another way to put it, but I was always like exceeding the expectations that he was laying down for me. But he'd be emailing me at 1230, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Um, he would talk down to me in the meetings in front of his senior leadership team. 
that's kind of embarrassing, right? Because I was also recruiting for his leaders Mm -hmm. and it was always just like, man, I wonder what I can do or like, you know, not to be naive. I mean, you know, like (laughs) there weren't a lot of people that looked like me, but still like, I'm the kind of person I don't want to give up. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, if I'm doing my work and I'm going above and beyond, it's still not enough. It kind of just made me feel really bad. And I started to like shut down and Mm -hmm. I became withdrawn. Right. But yeah, he was somebody that was just constantly like getting at me and going above my head to my supervisor. And I'm like, why? Like, I'm not even somebody that's combative. Like I would have like worked with you. So yeah, definitely. I can give that example of someone that was so high up in the company and I was intimidated by him. He was a very intimidating person. And I wish I had stood up to him, you know, thinking back wasn't that long ago because <laughs> it was my last corporate job, but definitely he comes to mind because he kind of made my life a living hell the whole time I was at that company, unfortunately. Oh, and for any leader that may be listening to this, um, did you hear that? A living hell from being, from being violated so many times over. And the word that came to mind when you're describing your experience is repeat. This person was a repeat offender, repeat violator. Um, how did you survive or how did you deal with that type of abuse? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, um, I shut my feelings off because um, you couldn't ask to recruit, like you couldn't request the business area that you wanted to recruit for, it was assigned to you. And that's the way it is in those companies. So I knew that like I couldn't get off of his business area. Mm. So I just tried to shut myself down as much as possible. So yes, I'll speak for myself. It got me through. It allowed me to continue to excel, but it's not really that healthy when you think about it, because you are still being put through all of that stuff. So sure, it might work in the short term, but I think that it it was pretty unhealthy because I just kind of held everything in. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it lets the person know that they can kind of walk all over you, right? That's not a great thing you're putting out to the rest of the executives. I had so many executives. I had nine business areas at one point. So for them to kind of look around and be like, wow, is that how we talked to her? And then they kind of, you know, yeah, it was pretty uh, intense. So it, uh, it was unfortunate, but I really just kind of shut my feelings off, kept my head down. And I'm like, I have to just like get through this and not let him impact my ability to fill these roles and, you know, to be the recruiter I've always been. But I, I think in the long run, that kind of bites you in your butt a little bit. Mm, And I love that you are healthy enough to admit that now and kind of now that you have the vocabulary you need, you're not going to allow that type of behavior. What was kind of the turning or pivoting point where you're like, okay, I cannot do this anymore? It's so funny you ask. He's the reason that I left the company. So um, yeah, here's the deal. So like I was recruiting a very high level position for him that had 435 direct reports. So he was like writing my butt about it. I interviewed 32 people for him. So that, that's ridiculous, right? So at some point I should have been like, hey, we're interviewing too many people. I tried, he wouldn't listen to me. One person I forgot to get back to. So like, if you tell me that, I'll jump on the phone. I never ghosted anybody, but sometimes it would take me longer to get back I'm so busy. He went right over my head to my supervisor, copied me and was like, how dare you not get back to this person? And he's reaching out to me. So I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like 32 people on top of 50 positions. So yeah, it kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, if Mm. you will. 
And I ended up leaving um, because it just, he was relentless. And I was just like, I'm done, you know? So it was a great question because sometimes it's just that one thing mm-hmm. that just, it's, it was too much for me. Yeah. Right. And look at that organization. They lost amazing talent just from, from having one person in that organization who was unable to be respectful of other people's boundaries and time, it sounds like. Um, the word that came to mind when you're describing his behavior is power. This person wanted to feel powerful in that space. So they jump, like, instead of having a direct conversation, just like, oh, I'm going to make you feel the power that I have over this space. Wow, amazing. Okay, but we have boundaries now. So what kind of boundaries have you been setting recently around your workspace? That's a great question. So, um, sorry, I'm just, I want to, Sorry, I'm trying to think of my answer, uh, apologies. I just wanna be transparent. Sorry, that's what I was trying to say. I still struggle with it. Mm-hmm. So even in my own business, um, it's tough. Like when I talk to executives, they kind of bring me back to the executives mm-hmm. that treated me like that. So it is still very hard for me to assert myself. They do condescend to me, they'll talk down to me, they'll talk over me, they cut me off. I'm trying to get better at it. I'm trying to start myself and say, excuse me, I wasn't done saying what I was talking about with your resume. Little things like that are the big things, right? Like my, my mom will say the little things are the big things. Yeah. Because you have to train people how you want to be treated. And mm. that's something, right? <laughs> my mom is, she doesn't play, but I'm trying to learn that at least with my business, it's like, there has to be a line, right? And if not, it's like, why do you even leave corporate? I mean, you know what I mean? You might as well go back, right? So I'm trying very hard to do that on my sales calls. Um, even when they come back and they're like, I don't like this resume. That's okay. But don't disrespect me. And I'm always willing to revise it or change it. So I'm at least trying to speak up for myself now and not just sit there and like take it, if you will, which is what I did for 13 years in corporate America. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy for you. I really am happy for you. But you, again, you bring up that, this is a journey. We have to be doing this daily. This is a constant struggle that a lot of us go through. Um, When you said, bring me back, I have reflections of my own conversations. When I talk to corporate clients or when I talk about potential partnerships with um, corporate representatives, I kind of feel myself saying, okay, let me take a step back. No, this is my business. I can talk about what I want to talk about in this (laughs) space. I own this. Y'all are interested in me. Um, So thank you so much. And you said train people the way you want to be treated. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. If you don't take anything else from this conversation, train people the way you want to be treated. Wow. Um, have, Have you recently had to train somebody? Was there a specific example you've done recently? Let me think. I just, (laughs) um, sorry. (laughs) So, so let me put it this way. I'm, I'm improving. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be dishonest, right? I, I wouldn't say that I'm at the point yet where like I'm there, right? When mm-hmm. somebody challenges me or like, here's a good example, Katrina. Somebody made fun of my business, the name of my business on a call. So I was so shocked, like I froze. And he's mm-hmm. like, what is that? What's a glow up? You know, he was a senior VP, like a really big business of company. And I'm like, it's the name of my business. I want people to glow up in their career, <laughs> you know? Um, so and he wasn't feeling it and he was really snarky. So I'm trying to get there, but I would say it's still a work in progress, but he's somebody that I said, you know, if you don't want to work with me, 
just let me know and we can end the call. I would have never done that before. I would have sat there for 15 minutes, you know? So yeah, it's not the biggest example, but for me it was, yeah, so. <laughs> that is a huge example. Oh my goodness, that that happens so often. They We talk about microaggressions. We talk about um, the small cuts. Those small cuts are where we're able to make the biggest impact. Hey, if in the first conversation I have with you, you're trying to cut me. Oh no, I'm good. I already know where my boundaries are. I don't need this. And it also is really telling of that person. Are you going to be judgmental this entire relationship? Because no, thank you. Exactly. It's like, why even get on the call? Like you saw my business name was career glow up. It was just the weirdest, like, really? (laughs) Yeah. Takes us back to that power. Like you just came on here to like, Hey, I'm a senior VP whatever. But I'm so glad for you and your boundaries and your ability to say, hey, I'm not all the way there yet, but I am taking strides to make sure I get there because I want to be healthy. Um, What are some of the affirmations or maybe software or anything that you're using to help you gain more confidence in setting boundaries? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't do so much affirmations, although they're great, right? I'm trying to like look into them more. Mm -hmm. Um, But something I've been doing is like journaling more. And then it helps me to like look back sometimes. Um, sorry if that's not clear, but I guess what I mean is like, sometimes I won't know why I'm upset, right? Mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Why am I so upset? But if I can look back, it's like, no, he was kind of rude mm-hmm. or he was kind of disrespectful or hmm, I have a lot of clients like this at this executive level. You know what I mean? I think sometimes I minimize people's behavior and that's another thing I'm trying to stop. Like, hey, it wasn't the end of the world, but it was still kind of rude. Or it's like, I didn't have to take a half an hour to like go through his resume. And then for him to just be cutting me off and stuff, it's like, why is that, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think writing things down helps me process it more sometimes. And I can be more alert of patterns that um, mm-hmm. that develop a lot um, in corporate America. And like I said, even in my business, right? Um, and then trying to, to make sure that I don't let the same things happen to me again in my business that happened in corporate America. Oh my goodness, a powerful answer. I appreciate it. You said sometimes I minimize people's behavior. I think so often we get those messages, oh, it's not that bad. Or, But those are external messages that we receive from other people. It's so important like you do to process our emotions and take control of them and say, no, that cut me a lot deeper than I wanted it to cut. I don't want to have that conversation again. Let me talk to this person or figure out why this person is treating me this way. Right. And you also broke down patterns. Wow. Because we can continue to do the work we're doing, but sooner or later, we're going to have to figure out why am I attracting this type of client? Or how did this client even get on a phone call with me? Like, how did you even get here? Because I'm not trying to attract people like you. Um, so exactly. Awesome. Yeah. It's just you have to kind of be cognizant sometimes. I know sometimes it's my corporate background, like Dow Jones Bank of America. So I do get a lot of those executive leaders and financial mm-hmm. services. But still, to your point, it's like, do you want to deal with all of them? Or like, do you want to still do sales calls? So I started to kind of look at how my business was structured. Because it's like, I'm kind of getting beat up on these sales calls. And it's like, I don't know why. It's like, why book me then? You know, it was kind of like, it messes with your mind or my mind. I'll speak for myself. But it's like, yeah, even something like that, like I don't want to do sales calls anymore, right? Or I want to maybe pivot and maybe package my expertise in a course instead of these repeated calls. Because 
they're tough sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. They'll come on and really make you feel like garbage for mm -hmm. asking for regular prices or standard mm -hmm. price. You know what I mean, Katrina? Industry standard prices. Mm -hmm. And that's not something I wanted to keep experiencing. So it's a great point that you highlighted about what I said, because mm -hmm. we're kind of responsible sometimes too, in a weird way, because of the energy we're putting out, you know, that's attracting people. If they knew that I wasn't going to kind of sit there, because I, I, I try to give really excellent customer service, but it can veer off into people pleasing. And I don't know what the line is sometimes. So yeah, people can feel that vibe sometimes that do so much. And it's like, you have to correct at some point, right? Yes, excellent customer service. I'll work with you, but don't make them feel like you're almost like at their beck and call because it does kind of attract people who don't have great intentions, right? Mm, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you said I had to figure out where the line was. When I first started my own business, anybody who would reach out, I was like, great, throw something on my calendar. I do not do that anymore. I say, great, please visit my website, fill out this form so I can see what the hell you want to talk about because <laughs> my time is valuable. And mm -hmm. Because a lot of those calls were just draining. It was just like, oh, I have this, this. And I'm like, oh, I don't even do that, sis. Why did you reach out to me? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh my God. So I'm so glad that we are both kind of growing in that um, a lot of people have helped me in my transition. Who were the main people that helped you in being more boundaried in your life? That's a great question too. I mean, um, my mom, because she's very um, assertive. Um, She's that bitch. <laughs> she wouldn't <laughs> like me saying that because I cursed, but I don't know how else to describe her. She's just a very powerful woman with a very, very powerful aura. So it's like, I know that I'm not that, but I can pick up things from her. Mm. So just little tidbits here and there, little things, because she, she follows me on Instagram. It's like, oh, Patty, this, that, and a third. You know, it's just little like kind of gems all jot down. And, or I'll sometimes be like, what would my mom do in this situation, right? Not that I'm, you know, like I'm, it's not like Simon says or something, but sometimes it'll make me realize like, okay, this is too much, right? Or how many times can I let this person come back for a revision, right? At some point, mm. enough is enough, right? So she kind of will make me kind of question myself sometimes and make me realize if I'm giving too much of myself. I think, you know, Katrina, we're all in this, not all of us, but me and you, I'll talk about, you know, we're, um, we're service providers, right? Mm -hmm. So we tend to be kind of these heart-centered people that want to give, 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 and that's good, but it's not good when it's like, take, 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 right? Mm -hmm. There's got to be collaboration. And again, sometimes folks like kind of see that opportunity and the intentions aren't good. So she kind of helps me like center myself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yes, you can give, but there, again, we talked about it. There has to be a line, right? So mm -hmm. my mom has been really, really key in that. I would love to meet your mom. Okay. <laughs> she sounds <laughs> awesome. I, she is I, awesome. I aspire to be that bitch one day. Um, when I first started, um, absolutely not. My video coach would tell me, oh, just pretend like you're someone who's famous. What would someone who's famous do? Oh, they would go live every week or they would post pictures every week. Just do what you would think they do. So having those examples in your life, it's so important because you have somebody there immediately. Oh, okay. What would my mom do? I'll do that instead. Cuss this person out or drop them as a client. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so awesome. I think my last question for you before we open it to the floor is going to be, um, when you worked in corporate America, was there ever a manager who, I guess, was 
cognizant enough to not cross your boundaries or was collaborative with you when you spoke out about your boundaries being crossed? Yes, an amazing manager who still talks to me today um, at a bank. So uh, not Bank of America, we won't get into that <laughs> way back in 2010, I think. Um, but he was so nice. He was so genuine. He was the VP. So I worked directly for him, but just the nicest person. And he was so like accommodating, like, not like I wouldn't talk about like my anxiety. I didn't even know I had anxiety. Really, <laughs> Like, I didn't know like why things would bother me that wouldn't bother other people, but he would just be the person like, Patricia, it's cool. It's Friday. Like he was actually like trying to make me, you don't have to do it all kind of a thing. And that kind of went away as I progressed in my career. Cause that was a part-time role. But yeah, he was just amazing. He still talked to me on LinkedIn. I'll never forget him. It's like, those are the people that impact us, right? Like, he was so cool. I miss him. <laughs> and if you're a leader and you're listening to this, take take notes, man. All you have to do is respect other people. Just like that to do. Okay, but this is the time of the show where we open it to the floor. Anybody and everybody is encouraged to ask questions. You can type it in the chat or come off of your might come off mute and ask questions directly to Patricia. She knows everything about anything and will answer them promptly. I will kick it off though by asking, why do you stay in the field that you're in? That's a great question. So on top of my business, Career Glow Up, I'm also a career coach right now for Yale University, right? So thank you. <laughs> I just love the transformation. I love working with my clients and helping them get to their end goal, right? Mm -hmm. I help the client start a nonprofit. Another client is at Goldman Sachs, right? So they all want different things. Someone else is at Comcast, someone else is at Deloitte, but they all had these really amazing journeys. Like one of them came from uh, Brazil, didn't speak English and was a construction worker for 10 years, went to college and he's like, I'll never get in. And I'm like, there is no such thing as never, right? There's no such thing. And Katrina, you know, your career coach or in HR, right? It's always just about helping them with their documents, you know, the personal branding, the interview prep, all of that. That's what I love the most is seeing that result. So that's why I do what I do. I honestly enjoy it. It makes me happy. Good reason to continue to do what you do. And I ask that question because I want people who are in this space to know that if you don't feel that way, the same way that Patricia does, then you might need to pivot. And you, you know what? You got support system right here if you do need to make that pivot. But um, it is so important to feel that way when you're in the spaces that you're in. Okay, let me check the chat and see if anybody has any questions. We don't have any questions from the chat, but I do have a few more questions that I'd love to ask you. Do you know what organizations could do to promote their um, employees setting healthy boundaries at work? That is a really good question, right? Because there's, there's a push for like, in my opinion, like employee assistance programs, right? Mm -hmm. Like call the line if you're having a problem. And then there's a lot of wellness coordinators. Mm -hmm. That's great, but I don't see it past that, right? How is your mental health actually impacting? Wait, keep in mind, I haven't worked in corporate since December, 2019. <laughs> so I haven't been around for the pandemic. But at least when I was there, it didn't go past that. How does your mental health affect your job, right? Like at my last job, no one could work from home. I, I, I'm just saying ever, right? It was frowned upon. If you're that sick, then take the day off. It was that intense. It's like, mm -hmm. wow, like, why is that, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe ask questions, right? Like, why does that person want to, why did they ask you? 
So to me, just starting those conversations, I think would be really key. People don't necessarily feel comfortable. And like Katrina, I know that's changing, right? Like people are having those conversations about being vulnerable in the workplace. I get it, but I think it has to come from leadership sometimes. And it's coming more from like employees, right? Mm -hmm. um, from what I can see, I still know a lot of people, of course, in like HR and recruiting. And I think the top levels of the company kind of still have a bit of a mentality of like, leave that stuff at home, you're at work, so mm -hmm. to speak. And I think maybe just realizing that in the long run, that doesn't help anybody. Like I was saying, I, I was that way, right? Just to get through my day, it actually harms you in the long run. So it allows you to do your job. So I think people need to just be more open and honest and transparent and make people comfortable, right? Like don't make them feel like it's going to be weaponized or used against them. That was my fear, right? I'm like, I don't want anyone knowing I'm bipolar. Like I, I don't want them thinking I can't do my job. Like I'm the best recruiter on this team. But if that thought, you know what I mean? Like if I felt more comfortable, maybe someone else was bipolar. Like we never know if we don't get to those places where we can have those conversations. So I know that was meandering, but I think that it starts from the top. It, start, it starts with leadership. And then those conversations can eventually kind of take place. Mm -hmm. I love that you pointed out that you've seen the shift recently, but it's all coming from employee level. I, and it made me really realize, oh, wow, I have not seen a CEO say, yes, we care more about, unless it's in a long statement that was written out mm -hmm. by somebody else, but I have not seen right. a CEO or executive team members say, oh, this is a top priority now, stop production at all costs put our mental health of our employees first. I have not. Ooh, so, so much more work to do, but we will get there hopefully. But thank you for right. sharing all that insight with us. That's amazing. Um, now that you're seeing the shift, are you excited about it? Are you excited about more employees being more authentic at work? Sorry, I'm processing my thoughts. Um, so I, for me, I have a different personality. So I, I, maybe not for me because I I would be uncomfortable. I don't know how to explain it. It's easier for me to compartmentalize. However, I don't think that's healthy. And I think that people are embracing it, right? So I think for, for most people, they want this, right? They don't want to have to kind of put on a face, right? Put on a mask, put on an act. Yeah, everything's great. How was your weekend? If they're like, dying inside of it, you know what I mean? Like, so to speak. So yeah, I think this is where society's kind of moving. It's changed, right, Katrina? Like, it's not the way it was. Like, I started in 2007. Things have changed since then. So I think overall it's good, but I would be uncomfortable because like, that's just kind of not quote unquote how I roll, right? Like I tend to just kind of have recruiter me and then me, me, if you will, right? But again, it's not that healthy. There, there have been studies done about like it can it's distancing behavior, if you will, right? And that it it's not good in the long run, right? Because you're not really processing your actual emotions. So I do think it's healthier for people in general to feel like they can just be their whole selves at work, be transparent, be vulnerable, be authentic, and not have to kind of, you know, be behind a facade, if you will. Hmm. And you used a word earlier that made me remember some awful times in my corporate career, um, weaponized. You said that sometimes when people set boundaries or they expose some of themselves to be able to be transparent in the space, it is weaponized against them. Has that ever happened to you? So it hasn't happened to me because they, people didn't know I had anxiety. Like I'm, 
pretty good at hiding it in corporate, but I'm shut down. So I'm very, very quiet because I actually have social anxiety. So like I wouldn't be talking, but then I, I would just be working, working, working. I'd be hitting my metrics. So there is this idea of like, okay, but if you're exceeding expectations, how could there be anything wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird, right? It's like, I guess I get that, but it's like, that doesn't mean that I don't have anxiety, generalized, social, bipolar. Like there were a lot of things that were going on. So while it hasn't happened to me, I've seen it happen to a lot of people. Like I would see people wanting to work from home for all sorts of reasons. And it's like, if the senior leadership team is here, where do you think you are? And it's like, oh, come on. You know, like that's, that's like, to me, you're not even treating that person like a human being, right? You're not even hearing them out. So yeah, while it didn't happen to me, I saw it happen to so many people around me in HR. We're mm-hmm. supposed to, like Katrina again, right? Like it's HR, we're supposed to be working on this stuff. And unfortunately, I feel like HR is behind sometimes mm-hmm. in some of the other teams that I would observe. So I think it's coming around, but there is like a long way to go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. And it's that it's having seen it secondhand is why a lot of people aren't doing it. They're like, there are repercussions to it. I've seen it secondhand. I've seen it in plain sight and I just don't want it to happen to me. But I think the reoccurring thing we talk about on the show a lot is you cannot operate out of fear. So if you're fearful of losing your job or for that information to be weaponized against you, it's not a good reason to wear the mask every day or to not be authentic every day or um, like you said, to compartmentalize. I mean, if it works for you, great. But remember, like Patricia said, we want to be healthy. We want So if mm-hmm. it's healthy for you, then great. But if it's not healthy for you, it's really important to, I guess, be cognizant of that. What, what made you realize that that behavior wasn't healthy? Did somebody tell you that? Great question. I was almost hospitalized in 2017 because it got that intense that again, I was just 830 to midnight every day, every day, every day. And it's like, no, no emotion, nothing. It's like, yep, keep giving me the racks, keep giving me whatever you want to give me. But again, it's like, it's unhealthy. Yes. You can keep your performance level up. Right. But it's like, I just like my mind, like my body started shutting down. Like I have arthritis I know a lot of people I'm not saying it's, it's not the end of the world but I have arthritis on top of my anxiety and it was just all like feeding off of each other and it was becoming worse because of the stress and I wasn't processing my emotions so while it may work is it worth it that was the other thing too it's like is it worth me being hospitalized so I left that job that was back in 2017 so yeah that was where I was like okay this isn't good right like it's getting me through my days. It's getting me really good performance ratings, but it's like ruining my health. I mean, I don't feel like that's too much of a exaggeration. So yeah, that was kind of the wake up call for me. It's definitely not an exaggeration. It was literally ruining your health. Um, I cannot thank you enough for sharing that with us. And although that is a, a very extreme example of what could occur, Um, I hope it encourages everyone who's listening out there to really take hold of what's going on with your body. The more that is taken from you, the more you're going to have to give so much so that you may have to be hospitalized and it's just not worth it. Like, was that paycheck worth it? You know, what's crazy. It's not even the paycheck. It's like, if my name is attached to something, I become very obsessive about Mm -hmm. it has to be perfect. It has to be. 
I, to me, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I know a lot of people don't like perfection. I, I can only speak for myself. Like I aim for perfectionism to land at excellence kind of a thing. It was too much though. Mm-hmm. When they see that though, and you know this, Virginia, you're in HR, they start to pile on you. Mm-hmm. So if it's like, oh, Patricia's not complaining, dropped another thing. Mm-hmm. Dropped, like they just kept throwing it. And I, I kind of took it as a challenge when it's like, we're talking about boundaries. I should have been like, wait a second, I can't do all of those. I can't recruit and be the recruiting coordinator and be the EA and do stuff for the CEO and the founders of the company. So it, it's like, yeah. And it's like, that's not something to be proud of. It's like they're mm-hmm. taking advantage of you. So you know what I mean? That that work ethic of mine was really exploited mm-hmm. in corporate America. That's what's so cool about owning our own businesses, right? I mean, it's like, I think, I mean, they're not putting <laughs> it to, to good use, right? But yeah, I was really, you know, taken advantage of at almost all my jobs. So like I said, there's some culpability on my end. Why didn't I speak up, right? Mm-hmm. I was afraid to. I was afraid to speak up. Um, and it was always executives that I was working for and mm-hmm. people in authority, like, really scare me for some reason. That's something, again, I'm Still trying to work on that even in my business because I deal with executives a lot. But yeah, it's it's a great point. And I, I think it's just like you have to be cognizant, like you said, of mm-hmm. these things because right. it's not worth it in the end. You don't want to end up in a hospital. Like what you know, like mm-hmm. what is that? Like don't wait for that wake up call. Anyone in here? <laughs> don't go to that level because it's mm-hmm. they will replace you. You're an HR. They will replace you the next day. I would get requisitions. I'm like, is this person even gone yet? <laughs> like, are we already putting this on Indeed? So what is all that for, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I would challenge people to kind of, we teach people in this country to be so loyal to their jobs. I'm not mm-hmm. saying to not work hard. I, trust me, <laughs> I my whole identity is working hard, but working hard for one and for whom. That's mm-hmm. what I would challenge people on too. Yeah, thank you, right? I finally woke up to it. So I hope, someone in here if you can relate at all just you know be cognizant of that that's what I would say goodness she said working hard for what and for whom and that um that brings me into well your example brought me back into a time where I did not have internal boundaries and I was working hard for anybody and everybody oh you need that film go ahead oh that's a new job let me go into it and work my ass off I don't even know these people like I have no idea who these people are and I'm busting my ass for them and um you're also reminding me of when I first transitioned out of the military I was looking for those gold stars in the military you get gold stars for a whole bunch of stuff for working hard working 12 hours and I was looking for those gold stars trying to get them I had to set internal boundaries with myself saying hey we don't need these fucking gold stars anymore make them yourself create a gold star yourself give yourself no that's what i like make them yourself (laughs) i seriously and it's not everybody doesn't want to own their own business Mm -hmm. i get that but like you said make them yourself though Mm -hmm. right that was fun we're like why am i doing this Mm -hmm. it kept happening katrina we talked about patterns seven jobs in nine years there's something has gone awry Mm -hmm. i had seven jobs in nine years right and then my last job i'm like i gotta leave again year and a half like Mm -hmm. i told you the story that I didn't have a job lined up. I had done that three times in five years. So my parents at this point are just like, okay, we, we give up. Like, I, I don't know what your deal is. But yeah, it's like at some point you have to ask like, why do I keep doing this? Or what mm-hmm. keeps happening? And that's what I finally came to realize is like, I'm never going to change how hard I work, but maybe I need to change where I'm working and for what reason, why and for whom. And mm-hmm. that's really, it was kind of long. I freelanced for a bit, but I eventually started career glow up. So see and for anybody out there who may be a part of an organization right now who's like yeah this ain't it 
Um, look, make sure not everybody can do what Patricia did and just not have a job lined up. Sure. But of course, you have two amazing career coaches in front of you right now. So create that support system and make that exit strategy. Patricia, before we wrap it up today, is there anybody in your support system that you'd like to shout out on the episode? That's a really good question. Um, definitely my dad because I get my work ethic from him. He's instilled all of these values in me. Um, I already said my mom, right? She came from Kenya at the age of 18, didn't know a soul 50 years ago now. So there was no internet, no cell phone. So just, she has an incredible life story, right? Mm -hmm. Traveled the world with Mark. I mean, I, I keep telling her, you need to write a book, right? So my parents are definitely my biggest influence, but also Katrina, you and all the other coaches that I've met, um, it's only been a year and a half. It's, it's no 15 months. It feels like longer than that in a good way, but you're so inspiring. Um, other, all the other coaches that I've done the Instagram lives with and club, I don't even know if you're on clubhouse, but clubhouse rooms with, they have shared so much of their journey with me. And it's just been so cool getting to interact with people that in my real life, I would have never met. Right. So yeah, it's just been an amazing journey so far. Oh, see, amazing journey. And you have so many amazing people on it. I'll to my own harm, myself included. So that's awesome. Um, my last question for you before we wrap it up is for anybody who's just learning about boundaries, maybe this is the first time they've heard about it, or they're looking to move into the corporate America for the first time. What are the top three tips you'd share with them? That's a great question. Um, I would say just determine what your red line is right? Mm -hmm. Whatever that is. And don't let somebody cross that. Right. Um, I would also say, try to get allies um, mm -hmm. because of my social anxiety. I tend to say to myself, please don't do that. It really hurt me. <laughs> don't isolate yourself. Right. Try to get allies. Number three, look for a mentor. Right. So allies are more like your colleagues. Usually mentors, you know, usually of course are like maybe one level up because they can maybe help you through um, a situation that maybe gets difficult or tense. They might've been through it themselves. Right. So hopefully anybody that's maybe like a recent college graduate, I hope that helps you. Those are things I wish I knew <laughs> kind of when I started off. But yeah, this has just been such a great conversation. I hope mm. that you guys found some of this relatable. That was really good. I love <laughs> that you defined allies and mentors because some of us get those mixed up. I, me, a younger version of myself, I got those mixed up a lot. They are not the same thing. Um, so thank you so much for that. Is there any last minute sprinkles you want to share with everybody who's listening? Um, I would just say stand up for yourself. I know it sounds cliche. It's not it guys for real, even in your personal life, um, at least for me, I don't know, friends, family, I'm just saying it's like, they can cross over your boundaries too. You've got to stand up for yourself because if you don't do it, who will, right? So that's what I'll leave you guys with. Thanks for coming. Katrina, thank you for inviting me. It's just an awesome conversation. I love that. This was amazing. Once again, this is absolutely not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. My amazing special guest today was Patricia Figueroa. Her information will be in the show notes when this is published. Please reach out to her if you want to talk more about her story, about everything she talked about today, and just the transition that is needed to be a healthier you, because that's Oh, that is what I learned today. A healthier you. That's amazing. Um, for more information about the show, you can also always visit my website. But until next time, continue to set those boundaries and say absolutely not to everything that is unaligned. See you next time. Bye. Bye.